Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck, hosted by yours truly, Alana Kafitz and Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm Alana, the CEO and founder of Moms Toronto. We're on a mission to bring moms together and give them a great day, revolutionizing maternity leave. And I'm Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm a pediatrician and pediatric emergency medicine doctor. I provide no-nonsense child health advice, dispelling myths, and empowering parents to parent confidently and raise your healthiest kids. Together, we have six kids under eight. We are eager to chat with other moms, entrepreneurs, and interesting people about everything from sex to alcohol, sleep woes, and body shaming. We aren't afraid to talk about taboo topics or share our many opinions. We say it like it is and want to get to the heart of the issues facing moms and caregivers everywhere. Come join us. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck. Tonight, we're really pumped. I am a huge fangirl of Lindsay Kent. She's the creative director and owner of Love by Lindsay Events and Designs and the Pop-Up Chapel Co. She's also the lead singer of Electric Blonde and the host of the TV show Crazy Beautiful weddings and post my party she is simultaneously a serial entrepreneur and a creative artist who works uh who works spans event planning wedding music uh uh temporary and permanent installations diy content and more she's mother of two boys archie and lewis which she considers to be her most important work welcome lindsay Thank you. Thanks awesome. for having me. I want to know what all of those things mean. Yeah, it's so cool, Dean. I think yeah. you're going to find Lindsay riveting. I find her riveting. Riveting. Thank yes. you. Yes. God. Welcome. That's like a lot, a large word to live up to. I Is think. it? Riveting? Yeah. Riveting. I think you're riveting. riveting. I think you're very special. Like I know Thanks. a lot of women, you're both extraordinarily special. But I wasn't offended by you calling her special. Just, <laughs> you I called up you're also special, Dina. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you were just extraordinary, but I, I find Lindsay to be remarkable. Oh, uh, Lindsay, which one's better, remarkable or extraordinary? <laughs> I don't know. I like yeah. remarkable. Let's I like go it. I also like riveting a lot. Yeah. So what, what makes you riveting? Yes. Uh, there's a lot of big words being thrown out there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, I'm just a really creative person and I'm really passionate about turning those creative ideas into something that I can actually make a living doing and making money, but through being creative and through facilitating creative spaces for people to work within. So that's Dina, really do you remember at MomFest the stage? Mm-hmm. That was Lindsay. Cool. She did the stage. Because you do events, right? I do events. We do weddings. We do corporate. Um, I have a band. I host a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all centered around events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. But, but they're so beautiful. And, you know, they're just like the most beautiful, but not in like a pompous way. Not in like Thanks. a bougie way, like in a creative, like hipster millennial mom way. Like, I think it's really beautiful. To, Thank you. I think create. that's a big compliment. Like, I think that the event industry is still filled with a lot of like, look how much money I can spend yeah. to make this look ostentatious. And I'm really not into that. No, your stuff is very cool. Thank you. So tell us about Pop-Up Chapel, because that's like... That's like one of your signature marquee. That's like part of your business. Yeah. And that's the part of my business that I'm predominantly focused on building right now. Um, Pop-Up Chapel is a shared wedding concept. And I kind of refer to it as like the Airbnb or the Uber of weddings. Yeah. So smart. Um, we marry 10 couples in one day, one couple on the hour, every hour for 10 hours straight. Very cool. Um, is that cool? And we just like pop up in venues all over the city. Couples pay one price for every single thing they need for their wedding. They get in, they get out in one hour. We do it again. It's like a disruptor in the wedding industry. Hmm. But okay, but walk us through because we, we're not in a rush. Sure. So what happens? A couple, a pop-up chapel happens how? Okay, and also they're gorgeous and they're 
really cool. Like Instagram candy everywhere. Thanks. So like, and you plan them or the 10 couples plan them? No. no. So we essentially provide the infrastructure of the wedding for the couples. They will, will, um, will announce dates in advance and then they pay twenty four ninety nine, and they book a spot at one of the chapels. They know the date and the venue, but the couples don't get to know what it's going to look like. Um, they get, you know, their flowers, their photography, their officiant, live music, a toast for up to 20 guests, like literally everything they need for the wedding. And then on the day of the wedding, they show up half an hour before they're going to get married. They walk into the room. They're surprised with how it looks. Um, and we just provide everything for them right there. We execute the event um, and they do about a 15 minute ceremony, a 45 minute cocktail hour. We flip the room, we get the next couple in. So they, so like your guests that? come for an hour, right? Yeah, And then an your hour. guests are done and you're done and that's it. Well, you could like yeah. go for dinner or do a lunch afterwards yes. or whatever. A lot of people do that. They like yes. go and have a meal in a restaurant. But think about how cool that is. Yeah. That like it literally takes everything out of, and it, I think it's such a cool solution, Lindsay, honestly, because Thanks. like, I feel like, a cool young couple, they like don't care anymore really about those things. Some people care a lot. Yeah. Right. And those are still some of your customers. And yeah. But, but that, that's like a different clientele. Like that right. doesn't make sense for pop-up chapel. Like we, we created pop-up chapel because there was no um, solution between, you know, like a really cheap and quite plain city hall wedding and also a very expensive wedding. Like there's yeah. nothing in between. And pop-up chapel is like the curated option in between. It's so smart. It's actually very, very, very smart. Truly. The, so many people spend so long, like a year or more planning and booking the place and booking all the, all the people and the stuff and the focus, I think on the relationship at that point becomes all about the wedding stuff and and then the stuff and the gifts and the planning and the expense of it all. And then you like lose your mind trying to like pay for it all, et cetera. And then you have it and then it's done. And then a lot of people are like the kind of like let down or like the anticlimactic, like no, oh. it's over. And now what? Now we have to like reconnect as a couple because all we've been doing is like trying cake Planning for last year. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, so that's amazing. I think it's, it's so awesome. It takes the so pressure crazy. off of that and just go to a beautiful place. Right. Yeah. What, Very um, smart. When we started Pop-Up Chapel, um, to me, like what I... I, I love events because they're really creative, but there is a superficial side to the wedding industry, right? And, and I wanted to do something with my team and we didn't know it would turn into a business. Like we were just like, what if we had this crazy idea and we did it one time you know but it was it was popular people bought into it and so since then we've done it 10 times but like the reason we started it was because there was no opportunity in the wedding industry for us to do something that gave back to the community there was no no opportunity to do something that was like sustainable and it's hard to find inclusive options like in the wedding industry. It's still very much built for like a bride and a groom. Right. And it's all marketed towards brides. Right. And so we were like, what can we do that's like sustainable? <coughs> 10 couples use the same thing one couple The same flowers use. once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, inclusive. We've married every type of person in the chapel from like trans couple to um, people who wouldn't necessarily ever be able to afford the other kinds of weddings that we do. They're still mm-hmm. able to enjoy this. And do something beautiful type. and yeah. cool and fun. Super smart. And then so smart. like aside from that, every single couple, $300 from the sale of their spot goes to a local charity. And 
I think like by the end of, yeah, by the end of 2019, we've married 80 couples in our chapels and raised over 30 grand. That's for so amazing. amazing. So it's just like also it. feel good project. Oh, yeah. right? I just got shivers. It's awesome. It's so cool. Very cool. I love, I love it, Lindsay. I think it's, I think it's remarkable. And I wonder about other ways you can overlay the business model to other elements of people's lives. Somebody <laughs> told me last yeah. night I was out with some friends and, or no, I was at a coffee shop and yeah. I ran into somebody I know and she was like, could you do this for divorces? Yeah. Because like divorce I'm getting parties, divorced. Man. And she's yeah. like, yeah. Could you do, do engagement parties? parties? You can do like, Totally. I, I never did this, but you know, a lot of people do like first birthday parties, They're, like a big yeah. deal, and like the smash cakes and all these I, things. Lindsay, I would collaborate yeah. with you on that in a hot minute. Oh, first birthday parties would be good. We should yeah. do that, dude. It's my idea. What the fuck? Okay, Dina, you just took that. <laughs> <laughs> we can five percent to you. Five percent to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm, you know, it's off the top of my head. There's so many things that people yeah. spend so yeah. much time and energy and cost it's so stupid on planning. Um, I never had a first birthday thing with my kids, or not like right. a big thing, but cake smash. I never did cake smash. Lens, that's such a good idea. Dean, it's my we're it's do it. Lewis's first birthday next week, and I feel like kind of a shit mom because <laughs> I like with my first son, I didn't ever do anything crazy, but like I had a pinata and yeah. like you know twenty people over, and now yeah. with Lewis, I'm like he's gonna be lucky if he has like grandparents and yeah, like we'll have a candle. We'll have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah. I'll get a cake. Yeah. Yes, that's it. I think it's interesting when you think about birthday parties and celebrations in general, and like what your family's tradition is. Did you come from a tradition of families that do did fancy? No, where did mom, your passion for events come from? I'm just curious. Um, your wedding singing or so my parents had a band when I was growing up they were musicians and they did weddings and corporate events and um, resorts and um, when I was a kid they were gigging like a lot and Mm -hmm. um, well this is a funny story but do you want to hear it yes okay no stop at the funny story (laughs) just do the sad stuff (laughs) I'll only tell sad stories no so when I was um, 15 I let my high school boyfriend borrow my parents car and he drove it into a snowbank and that was really could have been worse could have been much worse than a snowbank (laughs) yeah totally a house a a restaurant a person another car Um, so so the car was like totaled and my mom and dad had this band and my mom wanted to quit she was like over it she was like in her early 40s and she didn't want to sing lead anymore and I was a singer but not professionally and my dad was like you're gonna sing lead for the band all summer without pay in order to pay off the car and I was that was my punishment and I was like (laughs) sweet so Uh I did that but that was how I got into events because awesome that was like my first exposure to like weddings and corporate events and um I just started singing lead for their band. I started subbing into other bands and I became exposed to the event industry. Um, And from there it was like an organic shift into coordinating events and Mm -hmm. working for entertainment companies and doing corporates and then eventually weddings. Yeah. Did you have a big wedding yourself? Good question. People. I got married at my cottage Uh um, in my cottage backyard. And then we had like a tent wedding and my husband's Australian. So we had about 30 people fly in from Australia and we wanted to give them like a really Canadian experience. So we did it at the cottage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I did. I like, I think back now and I'm like, would I do it the same way? Do you remember what you paid for your wedding? Yeah. 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 We had a, you know, like a $30,000 budget and we, my husband like budgeted to tooth and nail. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of glad that I did it before I was really heavily into the wedding industry uh-huh. because now I'd be like a snob about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How about you? Do you remember how many people came to your wedding? We had two fifty. Two fifty. Andrew's saying two fifty. Yes, I, I, two. I was going to. I was going to say two sixty, but something like that. No, he's signing something. Two, two what? Two two twenty five. Two two five. Okay, <laughs> very good. Yeah, I think it's been like two fifty, but um, maybe less. Maybe not. Not everyone came. It was pretty you big get in Ottawa. In Ottawa, yeah, yeah, nice. Um, 
Yeah. I, I, I wasn't one of these people, you know, I think a lot of, especially girls grow up and like having this like vision of what that would look like for them and what they'll yeah. do it and time of year and all this stuff. I never really had that at all. You know, do it's super common right after med school before residency starts to get married. And like a whole bunch of my friends from, from med school got married that like, there's like, we have six weeks off. So people like get married, go on their honeymoon, <laughs> move, start the residency. Like it's like, this yeah. thing, and, and you know, get their degree and do their exams and all that. Um, so we got engaged like way before I went, I think we got married when I was 24. We got engaged when we were, when I was 21 or something like that. Anyway, wow. way, 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 way before we got um, married. And we just knew we'd get married then because there was like no other time to do it. We're not going to do like some random yeah. weekend in the middle of med school and once residency starts, things get crazy. So um, yeah, it wasn't, the people, the stuff wasn't super important to me. What was important to you? Um, I wanted the food to be really good. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like, um, I wanted to like feel like it was right for us. David so like, Smith. yeah, uh, David Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you work in Ottawa too? No, I, I worked in Ottawa for many, many years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. David Smith. But it was. Um, Have you ever done any events in Ottawa? No, David Smith. But is we want to bring like, the chapel to Ottawa. So. It would actually be fantastic in Ottawa, and I have to get with yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was Asian themed, like Asian inspired. So that there was like tons of like Thai food and sushi and like all sorts of like stuff that like fit with us. Um, but then we also had like a smoke meat, uh, smoke meat station, and like it, w- it was just it was really fun but there was also like whatever it, it was it was great the food was yeah. really good um can i ask you like and given pretty, that you had 225 guests did you feel like you were able to have a quality conversation with every single person no who but attended? i didn't really want to yeah <laughs> so like we had like uh, three or four game. tables of friends yeah and a whole bunch of my parents friends right that like i've known since i was little and like fine be at my wedding but like it wasn't i don't i feel, I feel like most of it wasn't really for me not that it was bigger than i wanted it to be or different than i wanted it to be it yeah. was it was what i wanted it to be you know like i wanted like the flower to like feel special to me and i wanted my dress to feel special i wanted to feel pretty and i wanted our photos to be good and yeah. i wanted uh-huh. the food to be good and otherwise i don't really care about anything else uh-huh. like Oh, I wanted a band. I didn't want a DJ. So like I had a few things like that, but like I didn't even hear the band. My, my parents just hired them. I was in Hamilton, you know, at Mac doing my med school. We were having the wedding in Ottawa. So my parents basically like, I was like, here's my criteria. Go for it. Like I, I wasn't so super involved and nor did I care. Like that wasn't really important but to that's me. But that's More important great. to them. Yeah, it's kind of great yeah. because then it takes the stress out of it. Totally, you it was know? it was a lovely day. We had a great time. I'm I'm really happy. I would have I wouldn't change much about it, uh-huh. but I wasn't like so super crazy invested in it either. Like it it was like it was a party, and I would say like mostly for my parents. Ugh, I, I feel tried. like that's such a level headed perspective. There are people who literally lose their minds. No, yeah, that was, <laughs> like, I was super not bridezilla. I, lose I, I had a maid of honor. I did not have a big bridal team because I yeah. thought it would be stressful almost like picking and choosing and making people buy dresses and all that like I didn't do that I was I was like I have a maid of honor Andrew had his best man his, his brother that was our team and then like I already have three brothers and like it, it was already busy enough yeah yeah I love my wedding I mean I was already like deep in the wedding scene I'd already planned a bunch of weddings Where did you get married I got married at the spoke club actually oh on sick. the rooftop cool. and I really wanted to do something completely like for as a Jew, like a non-traditional Jewish wedding. Totally. So, and because I was so like in the event scene, I did like everything possible to make my wedding look like nothing I'd ever seen before. So I love what you do, Lindsay. Yeah, I think I love what you do because I was trying to get, I tried to do things so different. So like for me, I only had 150 people at my wedding and like it was a huge fuck you to my parents, which I didn't mean to do, but like we paid 30,000 for our wedding that we paid for because I didn't want to have the wedding that my parents wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, So I let them have like an engagement party for us with 250 of their closest friends, which would have been, it would have been a shit show if I, I let it like, I could have gone either way in 
retrospect, I could have just said to my parents, like you plan the wedding and me and Matt show up. Yeah. But because I was so deeply in the event industry and I love event production, I had to have my fingerprint on everything. So my wedding had my fingerprint on everything. And it's because like I'm a seasoned event professional, not a wedding professional, but I'm an events person. So I wanted everything to be like, ridiculous and people to like swing everywhere like that was my thing and always has been when it comes to event production so um yeah we did the spoke club because i love the food and um and i love the rooftop i wanted to get married on the rooftop there and because it's a cool vibe like it's, it's a cool vibe yeah i didn't want like a feel traditional like you're out for a fun night that that's right and they had give us a really good like premium booze all you could drink package which was important to me <laughs> and we got married by a really cool guy in the jewish community and he comes with this like a cantor who's the female singer and her voice is literally like butter like butter what is her name her name's aviva and okay, because like yeah. I need a good cantor to be recommending to our clients. She we is work the most beautiful. Right She's now. a jazz singer. Okay, cool. And her voice like literally is gorgeous. People get shivers when they hear her sing. And his name is Ali Rubenstein. And he's just like one of the most amazing figures like in the Jewish community. And our wedding, we didn't have a wedding party either. And I have a lot of friends. So I had a 26 person stagette. And no wedding party. That's amazing. So um, it was just, and my, my husband's family's all from the state, so they all came in. And we did basically like a weekend. Like it was a Friday night dinner, Saturday night on the town. Yeah, we the same thing. Saturday night, yeah. like fun. Like I basically, for the for the 25 people that came in from out of town, we like went overboard. We all moved into the hotel, made like a conference, like a retreat style. Fun. Like we took care of everything. The dinners, the buffets, the, the booze, the taxis. Like we took care of everybody. And that's how we wanted to spend was like if people were doubling down to come in from out of town, yeah. we gave them everything so honestly that's like my only regret about the wedding at the time we we couldn't really afford to like cover people's travel and cover people's hotels australia is a different story like well even just like we tried our best to put people up but like we were just like we're doing our best we could like literally at the time i was like there's not that many people that can afford to like put up their friends and family totally but like i I still wish that thinking back like i wish we they they did so much for us like we were heavily diy in order to make the budget work for what we wanted and like thinking back i go oh man i wish we could have at least got like a nicer airbnb for like our bridal party or something like that you know but i didn't pay for anyone's hotel rooms don't get me wrong i just paid for everything else like right every taxi every uber every meal they didn't have to fork out a dollar once they showed up in the city that's so sweet so and my my husband's five best friends were all american all came in so very positive memories and like we did all like the like ridiculous things like it was trendy at that time but i loved it like we did i custom actually the same dean and i our podcast art cover I did the same thing for our, my husband, our wedding, where we did like caricatures. Like of the my, art pot, like the, what's that called? Like pop, pop art. Pop yes. art of our faces, but we put them on co- coasters and then we did like color in coasters and had them all over with crayons. Oh, I love that. So we that. have a keepsake now of like a hundred coasters that people did that were really funny, like made us look like, you know, like Darth Vader or like the band Kiss or whatever. So we have them all now as a so keepsake cool. of That's like fun. those sorts of things. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. Uh, happily That's i'd love cool. to roof with you any day Lindsay, on event ideas like that, that so yeah so cool. like when adult coloring books first came out that's when i got married so probably four <laughs> years ago five years ago whatever it was and like we did all those sorts of things um you know my 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 bouquet was like all brooches oh, so cool. i didn't do any flowers i just had an entire bro- brooch bouquet that my mother made for like weeks that was a and hot it was trend so heavy that I couldn't even carry it. Oh, and our bridal party, we all marched into the wedding together. So all the families marched together and I hired a marching band to play 
um, like New Orleans style. Oh, when the Saints go marching in, and that's, that's so we fun. marched in together on the rooftop. Your wedding so, like, I, awesome. went, I went like all out with just fingerprints of me mm. all over the place, and yeah. our keepas had like a joke in it. Like instead of it said the date and our name, and it said what did Alana's um, father say when he met Matt? He's a keepa, hmm. spelled K I P P A, like keepa. So like I. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's shaking his head. No, that's it's a good cute. dad joke. It's a good dad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, and when I sent it to like the Keepa factory to get printed, they're like, they called me like, are you sure you want this on your Keepa? I'm like, I absolutely want yes. this on my Keepa. So I think people love their weddings, Lindsay. I mean, you tell me. People love them. I know a lot of people who didn't like their weddings at all. Or they what? spend way Seriously? more than they should, or then they couldn't afford a house or or whatever the case is. Yeah. But I mean, I definitely expensive. think that people go overboard with spending. And I also think people often... Um, uh, get pressured into paying for things that really are not important. Or they have this vision of what they want and then they realize it costs $100,000 and then they're totally. like, oh shit, now what do I do? Yeah. You know, save for a home or my child's future education or spend for yeah. a wedding. It's challenging sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of it is is um, managing like expectations of family members and stuff like the, or just kind of keeping up with what your friends did. The Joneses. Yeah. yeah, and I just don't believe in that at all. And I'm really frank with like our clients about that. I really think that a wedding is your one opportunity to throw the party of your dreams and like yeah. if it doesn't speak to you, don't do it. Right. Like it's a lot of money. Yeah. But... I don't know. I mean, I, I would say like our clients feel seem pretty stoked about their weddings oh, and like I wouldn't have it any other cool way stuff, but I'm, I don't doubt that there are people who, uh, I mean, I do have a couple horror stories, but mostly that's on the band side of things, right? Yeah. Like I've had a groom like pee himself and go home in a cab from his own wedding. And like I've had, you know, because he was so drunk. Yeah, he was absolutely wasted. Like yeah. security sent him home from his own wedding. Bride drank at the bar until two a.m. doing shots by herself. Like that blows, right? Yeah. Like, At least we're on the same page. Can you imagine if like one person <laughs> in the partnership is like totally wasted and the other person's like, "What the fuck just happened?" No, totally. That's like a really good beginning of your marriage. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, like, there's always going to be those like kind of situations where people just like let booze get to them and whatever. But I've never had anyone like say I hated my wedding. Lindsay, when you meet a couple, can you tell what right away if the couple they're going to last as a marriage? Can you tell no. if somebody has a divorce? Do you follow up? Do you know how, how people I after? only know about three of our couples who've divorced over yeah. the years. Like they don't call their wedding planner to be like, yo, it didn't work <laughs> out. <laughs> um, but to be honest, like two of them, I was super shocked about. Yeah. Because on the wedding day, they're just like so in love. Uh-huh. And one of them in particular, I was like, man, that's really fucking sad. Like yeah. they were the sweetest and their wedding was so fun. But, uh-huh. you know. There's no foolproof bullet, mm. eh? There's Life no happens, magic, man. Yeah, no magic bullet. You should just kind of follow up. You should like in your head of his like rating system <laughs> and then follow up two years, five years, <laughs> 10 years later and be like, so how is that seven year age going? <laughs> I could just like um, automate the emails yes. and like yes. write them now. <laughs> totally. Like, see what happens. Yo, are you guys still together? There's software It's for an that, interesting Lindsay. like social experience, right? Do yeah. you guys have kids yet or is yes. it over? Yes. <laughs> have we moved to polyamory? <laughs> What's happening there? That's awesome. We were the first ones of our friends to get married and like we have various groups of friends and we were the, like, the first ones, I think. So I didn't feel any pressure to like Joan's stuff at all. I was just like, I just wanted to, I didn't want, I just wanted That's to be good. fun for us and our family. And we had a lot of family came in from Australia as well. Um, so that was really important for me. But yeah, it wasn't this big thing in my, in my, my mind it was a big thing but yeah it was more so about much the other marriage shit going and on the at commitment the same time. literally like i you know i finished did my exams we bought a condo we moved to toronto i started a residency in six weeks so it was just like another thing to yeah. like tick off on that list 
Lindsay, tell us about the whole ethos of upcycling, recycling. I know you're passionate about vintage and sort of thrift shopping, and I'm a fangirl of your campaign, which is 365 Days of Nothing New, right? Yeah. Which is like your invention, I guess, of just trying never to buy anything in fast fashion. Yeah. As a response to, I guess, living and breathing your ethos, which is doing things a little bit differently. Talk to us about that. I think that like at the end of the day, I, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but having kids has really changed um, the way that I like view the world and my footprint on it. And I think that the industry that I'm in can be incredibly wasteful. It's a huge pollutant that yeah. industry. So yeah. wasteful. And like, I just started looking at ways that I personally can make changes in my life. And, um, after I, had, before I had kids, I basically shopped at thrift stores and vintage stores for all my clothes. And then after I had kids, I was like, I don't have time for that anymore. Cause that's like a time commitment. And I just started buying like crappy fast fashion clothes online, getting them to my house. And like, you know, 50% of them were either junk or they didn't fit. And I was just like wasting my money and I was getting frustrated with it. So I just thought, what if, you know, I challenged myself to go back to the way I previously shopped because it made me feel better about myself Mm because I took the time and effort into like really curating what I was wearing. But also I was at least doing something in my life that felt like a really actionable thing I could do to be sustainable. um, And I could share that with people. Um, And I follow this woman in Australia called Slice of Stacy. I met her when I was living there. Hmm. And she really sort of educated me on the negative things that are happening in fast fashion and the impact that it has on the earth and just again, how it's just super wasteful and I don't know what it's really teaching people about taking care of your things and putting less value in how we look outwardly. Um, and yeah, I just thought, why don't I challenge myself to not buy anything new for an entire year? And at first it was just me and now I'm trying to do it for my kids too. Um, it's harder for the kids though. As Is you it? could probably imagine. Well, I yeah. think it bigger too. I mean, if the, yeah. yeah. The, the, the best thing about having four of the same sex of child is that like tons of my baby's things were worn by all four of my kids. Yeah, that's incredible. Tons. I mean, I've bought new things, pants rip, et cetera. Totally. But we, we're, we're actually very, very good about using the same clothing kind of per kid. It, the problem is sometimes like two of my kids right now are basically the same size. So right. that's a little bit more challenging at times. Jason Oz. Jason Oz yeah. are the same size. Yeah. Jason, Jason and Oz is big, right? Yeah. yeah. Jason was wearing 3T pants tonight. He's almost five. He was wearing, th- and they were a little bit short, but Austin can absolutely wear those exact same pants. And I think that's what happened. He was wearing them in the laundry and they ended up in Jason's. I know Jason's wearing them. He like could care less. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's been beneficial, but it's hard not it's, to replace things and it's hard not to, yeah. again, it's like keeping up the Joneses things, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm not super into fashion either, but uh, I'm not crazy about going shopping and I can never do the thrift sh- store thing because I have no patience you have no time, ever yeah. time to, but truly it's for me, but patience, like even stores like winners and things, yeah. it gives me anxiety. I totally to get see that. see yeah. the rack and have to go through. And it's not that, cause I'm very choosy and I can pick things I like in seconds, but like, it's almost like daunting. Like I, I, I do all my shopping online. There is a, an amazing thrift store that I think you would like because they do the online shopping for you, right? No, they, oh. it's, it's, it's at, um, Ossington and Dundas. It's my favorite vintage store. What's it called? It's called Penny Arcade. And it is like walking in to an extremely curated boutique. 
and it's all vintage. And whenever I want something that I'm going to wear forever and ever, amen, I go there. I've got my favorite black dress there, my favorite blouses, my favorite sweatshirts, my favorite leather jacket. It's all from there. Uh And like when you go in there, you do not feel like you're at a thrift store. You're not overwhelmed by stuff. Everything is broken out by like, here are jeans, here are shirts. And it's just so perfectly merchandised and I wish more vintage and thrift stores did that because I think a lot of people like feel that way you know like you go into Value Village or wherever and for me I'm like I love the hunt and I like to find weird yeah, stuff yeah people like that feeling I don't but want anything a lot to of do people with that don't. Yeah. yeah but Lindsay is there not a Just business too much model work. where like Dina could like amaze like an online business where like Dina could set her like size basically thread to up. a company thread it's up. That, oh it's thread up yeah thread yeah, up, thread has, up like, does a oh, like stitch fix it's but like not, and it's not, it's not that. Yeah. It's the same concept as like other people being their stylist, right? And this basically is thread on up. thread up, you just you put your size and your favorite stores, and they'll just sh- and say you want a dress. So and you said I love Zara. I'm a size whatever. Is that Canadian? Uh, no, it's it's North America wide, and really? it's not Canadian. Yeah, I never um, heard of that before. But, but they yeah. do just it go in there Canada? and they show yeah. you. Yeah, they send it to Canada hmm. and they show you like here's it's everything we have from Zara yes. in your size. Yeah. Cool. I did it the other day and I think it's great. Although I got called out on Instagram for, for the shipping uh-huh. for like the carbon footprint. Oh, so I was like, cause please. I was saying like, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying thread up because right. I want to not buy anything new. Right. And then um, this guy I know, he was like, yeah, but there's a carbon footprint. And I challenge you to keep your 365 days of nothing new local. And so now I'm trying that too. Well, for yourself to, well, unless you're walking everywhere, are you walking to all these stores? <laughs> like you still have yeah. some carbon, like if you're going to no. get your store and go to the place yeah. and paper parking and like there's still. I do but think it, it's adma- admirable and it's true. Totally. I did used to like back in the day, like when my, when I might, I used to like love Kensington Market and going to totally. do that and loving like camp style, like going to Belleville even and like going to those thrift stores in Belleville, Ontario or Kingston or even Ottawa has some great thrift stores. I remember as a yeah. kid and I used to love thrifting and looking for that hunt. Um, and in my adulthood, exactly the same thing happened to me, Lindsay. I was like looking for fast fashion, easy solutions just to like fit my body. Totally. But I've like sort of re embraced recently this, like I found one thrift store near my house. That's like really, yeah, like what is bougie. that place called? It's called just thrift. Just thrift. It's on Orphis road. It's like two minutes from my house. And I happened to, upon it because I went to roots because my daughter needs a few like new things. And I was like, I want to buy her five tops just like for the winter season because she has nothing like warm to layer and something cute like girly and I went to Roots and I ended up spending $100 on one sweat outfit and a sweater for me and I was like wild okay that was not worth it and then I stumbled upon the store and went into the kids section and everything was gorgeous for kids and curated and brands like name brand stuff and I was like holy crap and everything for kids was $1.99 every single shirt so I was like I gotta go there it was great Lindsay I bought four pieces of Burberry. Okay. They had like 50 pairs of Uggs, like in pretty good condition. So like they make their money off of like selling like a Gucci purse for four ninety nine. but the buyer is an excellent buyer. So I bought like five pieces of Lululemon, like whatever it was, I bought like Matt, like a Jay's hat with like a good snapback, a cool wrapper. Anyways, I ended up buying like four pairs of boots. I went bananas. You had a huge haul, a huge haul because it was my first one. And I've been there now twice since then looking for a dress actually for the event on Thursday. Cause I wanted like a nicer formal dress. Um, and it felt great. And I felt like it didn't, I wasn't annoyed the way I am at winners. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like at winners. I'm like, this is lame. I feel like this is consumerism. But like there, I was like, wow, I felt like really good about my purchase. Anyways, yeah. So I want to <laughs> thank you, Lindsay, because you really did inspire me to sort of Aww. dive into this. Thank sort you. Of did you like, find a dress? Pardon? Did you find a dress there? 
I found a dress that I think I'm going to wear. Like I found like a, like a really cool, sexy black dress. And cool. I was like, it's not overly sexy, but it's like, I like fitted. Yes. Um, like, and I like, and I like black and I like long sleeves and I like a short hemline. Yeah. So that's what I found. So Perfect. we're probably going to rock that. And then I sent my husband who's never thrift shopped in his life. And he came back with like a really nice, like tuxedo blazer that was, um, like crushed velvet. It they was have gorgeous. good stuff for men there. Yeah. Oh, that's the men's great. Section's crazy good. Andrew never, my husband is Andrew. He never does that. He never thrifts either. Yeah. And sometimes I'll go and I'll find like some great dress shirts for him, but yeah. I'll just pick them up. But, and he's open to it, but he doesn't like, he won't do it unless they had Hugo Boss. They had Ted Baker, like in the men's suit section. And I was so close to buying all this for Matt because Matt loves Boss and 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 you know Jay Lindenberg and he likes my husband likes very high end yeah. brands. Um, but that's him. He'll like wear the same thing every day, like, like black shirt, times, yeah. yeah, black shirt and dark denim every single day. Andrew's like Banana Republic on sale online yeah. order for me yeah pick my size yeah. i'll try it on home and if it doesn't fit i'll send it back yeah you guys yes. are good like that though yeah he could care less and yeah. i really could care less too i don't necessarily care that much and it's funny i'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by my clothes right now i was actually saying to matt that as a family and laundry i feel like overwhelmed by laundry <laughs> and my clothing i was actually thinking about like time capsuling my family's wardrobes and being like can we wear these like 20 items for the next six months and if you see what that feels like i don't know have you ever like, done like the um well, like I think they say that a, a capsule wardrobe is 33 pieces uh-huh. and that feels like a lot. I know. But if you go online and look up like capsule wardrobe, it will mm-hmm. list out what those 33 pieces are. And apparently like my, my kids probably wear that many pieces. If, if maybe not even more, more than that, I feel like they wear like the same outfits like once a week, every week. Do I think yeah. Andrew? Like they have their favorite. I think that would be a lot for kids, but like maybe not for and, us. Right. Like, yeah, I feel like you might think that like, if you broke out your stuff into 33 pieces, yeah. we might be like, well, I'll get by. Uh-huh. But it's really not that many things when you think about it. Like yeah. it's a, and, and that includes outerwear, right? right? So that includes like your leather jacket and, yeah. and your denim jacket and yeah. like your boots. Like it adds up pretty fast. Yeah, I'm sure. But I don't know. I couldn't do a capsule wardrobe. I just straight up can't. I know I can't. I love variety you i like having yourself fun. With, yeah with, with my clothing. clothes i Lindsay's like wearing a very bright colored sweater right mm-hmm. now yeah. so it's i think i think the challenge that i've had over the years is like i'm pregnant or breastfeeding or totally. like women's bodies change up and out up and out and up and yeah. out. like i've i and then and then probably every six months or so I, I purge a bit and i give a whole bunch of stuff to my mom and i give a bunch of stuff to yeah. um, friends and and people that want stuff and then i get some new and then and then I purge and and now hopefully I'm just going to stay the size and I'll be good and, and done but it's been so much up and down over the years right like that's part totally, of me too like I can't yeah. give up I don't feel comfortable yet like I've done a few purges of things that I like know for sure won't ever fit yes. again yeah but I'm like I'm definitely like holding on to some of my wardrobe of like my pre you know baby body like with this like vision that I, I impute meaning on these pieces of clothing which is so crazy yeah. but that's what I've done and I can't wait to sort of like I just said to Lindsay um you know I started eating keto recently she's like why I'm like I just want to wear my wedding ring like I just want to fit my wedding band yeah. back on you know and that for me like I know that sounds silly but it's it's important that I want to like wear my bling I don't know of course yeah and I don't feel like it's not necessarily about the jeans it's about the wedding band anyways yes. so yeah I yeah think- I mean we certainly put value on, on so I, I was thinking yeah when 
for each of my kids when I was breastfeeding, I always wanted like zip ups, like, you know, like, like Lululemon kind of zippy things. Right. Totally. And yeah. I, we went to go do the marathon on Sunday, Andrew and I, and it was quite cold. So I wanted to take like a sweatshirt that I could just toss. Right. But I never just like toss things. They go, when you, when you're running a long race, um, yeah. like anything that's on the side, you know, they usually donate, they donate it to diabetes foundation. So, you know, it's going somewhere, but I took out this, this sweatshirt of mine, actually a roots piece that the zipper broke years ago, but I wore it when I was pregnant and breastfeeding at least my first year, but probably all my kids. And so I put on, I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to toss? I don't want to carry this, this shirt yeah. while I was running. It's like, I'm going to toss it. It's okay. It doesn't work anymore. The zipper's broken. But I took it off in the middle of this race and I tossed it. And I was like, this, I, that was like pregnancy. It was like this very weird feeling of like, and I have many others and it's fine. But like, you know, same with like Andrew kept a shirt that when, um, so he, he caught Dylan, my first was born and there's no doctor or nurse there. So Andrew caught him and Andrew kept this shirt and you know exactly where it is, eh? Yeah. And it has like a stain on it Mm -hmm. from like whatever the grossness that is babies when they come out. (laughs) And like, I'm sure that means a lot to that shirt, right? Like I know that that shirt means a lot to him. I mean, and like just thinking about that shirt that like Dylan was the, it was the first thing that Dylan touched or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that we put a lot of like sentimental value in, right? What do you think, Lindsay? I I just think, well, I don't know. I think it goes back to like a lot of the uh, programs that have been out on Netflix lately, like the Marie Kondo program and that, what is that um, documentary I watch? Minimalism. Mm-hmm. And how it's like, you. I just look at objects and clothing and I think, is this really sentimental to me? And does it really hold a place in my heart? And if so, then how can I keep it? And like, how can I honor it because yeah. of its sentimental value? And if it doesn't, then I'm just kind of like, this is just a thing. Yeah. Like, even though like a pair of jeans, you know, we all, we've all been there. We've all been pregnant. And there's lots of jeans that like you keep because you're like, well, this fit me in the future and uh-huh. you hold on to it. But really it's just a thing. And I just feel like we're applying value to these things that we don't necessarily always need to apply value to. And if we can just kind of let that go, it's very freeing. Like the more that I um, let go of in my life, like from a physical, like physical items, the more I feel like I'm not tied down. Just think about how much time in my day I come home and there's like little things all over the house. And I spend like half an hour just like putting little things Chuck back keys. where they belong. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what is the point of that? Shuffling like shit. none of I those things Chuck do yeah. anything I like for surfaces me. clean. Like, I mean, yeah. you're looking right now, my basement, there's like tons of kids shit and stuff, but like in our bedroom, my kids' bedrooms, like I like, I've always had a thing about surfaces being clean. Like things should have a space in a drawer or a cupboard. I like, totally. like, Totally. A desk, like if you go to my service, my office, the desk is clean. clean. There is nothing on my desk ever. And there's something about that, what that does for your mind, yeah. right? Like it, it just, for me, when things are clean and put away or when there's not a lot of stuff, I feel like there's more space in my head to like think linearly and clearly and creatively. See, like this is my gold standard, what you people are talking about. I just don't live that in my life. Right. I'm a little bit, but the way I approach life in one way is how I approach my life in all ways, right? Which is like, things are a little bit messy. Things are a little bit, and I aspire for like that sort of cleanliness. And I think that's part of it is like, I find like, I'm not sure about your parents' generation, but my parents were like, like collectors and like tchotchkes. My galore. parents have so I moved 10 times tchotchkes. when I was a kid. Yeah. My I parents have never so moved. Much. They have Lindsay, my parents would house is like, if you ever need decor, like it is literally the epicenter of stuff. And like, they love stuff <laughs> and they impute so much meaning on it. But they're like, literally my parents are in their seventies and their full-time job now, like weekends and evenings is like 
going through their stuff right. and throwing things out and collecting. So, I mean, of their collections and stuff. And like, I'm working so hard and my husband came from a place of like nothing. They had nothing, right? Like they don't want stuff. And I'm working so hard to like create a family in a situation where like we respect our stuff. We don't have a lot of it because we physically don't have the physical space for it. Yeah. And I want clear surfaces. It's just, we're not always there. And you're right. Like I come back to this like probably time and time again. It's around this time of the year also where I'm like, I don't want to um, live this life anymore in the sense that like I want to live like a have clear counters. Like I want that to be our reality. But I feel like you're the kind of person that like thrives in, in that sort of energy and that chaos. I do a little bit, but I also sort of aspire to have things a little bit more, um, I guess like in a nice little package, I guess. I don't know. I find the whole thing so interesting. Like what things mean and someone like you who's in the industry of creating and deassembling with stuff. Well, uh, that's a whole nother yeah. thing. Like I sort of think that that's part of the reason why in my home life, I'm, yeah. I'm a bit of a purger, right? right? Like on one hand, yeah, we moved a lot when I was a kid right. and my mom was just like constantly purging because if she didn't purge, she'd have to pack it and ship it to the next house. And like, she's totally the kind of person that like, you know, even since I moved out from my parents' house, they've moved another five times. And one day she just came over and was like, here's your memory box. And I was like, ah, you don't want these memories. And she's like, they're in here, you know, like she's just how she is. And, and I think that's worn off on me, but also in my professional life, I am just constantly surrounded by stuff. Like the office is full of like, crafting supplies and wood pieces and vases and flowers and alcohol and like just so much stuff. And that is overwhelming to me. So when I go home, I don't want to be surrounded by stuff. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's interesting. Lindsay, do you find in the, as an event professional, let's talk about swag for a minute. Swag swag stands for stuff. We all get. That's what I've been told in my, wow. I never knew that. That's what swag stands for. Yeah. Stuff we all get. Hmm. Wow. That's kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or stuff we all got, depending on who you ask. But I find it's interesting because like as much as people like don't want stuff, I find that stuff is often such a motivator for people to participate in events that I've been a part of. People, I don't, I don't like stuff. I think lots of people like swag. Though. A lot of people do. I mean, like a, a friend of mine sent me a fab fit fun like starter box. Yeah, what do you think about that? I canceled it. <laughs> so I got the first box and I was like, okay, so I got like four products that like that are cool. Yeah. I'm not going to use any of them. Uh-huh, or right. I might use it once. Like I've got a cool like like pillow spray. I'm like, I don't really want my pillow to smell like anything. And I got like a foot mask for my feet. And like, okay, that's cool. But I wouldn't ever buy that myself. Like, why would you ever I do wouldn't. that? And so like I get it. People want to like, you know, try different things and try different products and it's cheaper overall, but not for me. I don't I don't want the stuff. So I canceled it. You know, right. and we don't we don't do my kids don't do birthday parties, like with like loop bags and things. We don't host birthday parties. We I haven't in bags. years. We now we go on trips. So instead of having birthday parties with all their friends, we will take a trip together. We'll go to like Great Wolf Lodge or when we go go away in the winter we're like this is for x's birthday party. <laughs> um but we have like i want to have like experiences versus yeah. having like they have so many freaking birthday parties every year you know and mm-hmm. at the same places over and over again and and i hated the loop bag thing it drove me crazy I so it's just a way to like just bags. walk away from that and similarly like toys like they don't need more gifts i don't want them to gifts which is why i like this whole like echo age and when you're like, yeah. you're still getting a cool thing, yeah. you're still getting a thing, but maybe one big thing. And then you're yeah. also doing some charitable donation, which I think is lovely. So I think it, that's been a huge movement since my kids have been born. Yeah. And when you look around where my basement, there's tons of toys. Usually it's much more cleaned up um, because usually I could walk and I would have come down and cleaned up a bit. But this is, this is, I would say as messy as it gets. And they have tons of shit, like tons of books, et cetera. But we even bought new stuff for them in a very long time. When was the last time we bought them a toy? I mean, we buy books. 
Oh yeah, we we bought a bouncy castle and then we promptly gave it back three days later because my son broke his toe. Um, but yeah, we we don't we buy almost nothing. Like it's it's gifts or like from other people. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of money on books. I buy them a lot of books, um, which they all share with each other, I which I think is super great. valuable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I haven't really bought toys in a long time. I'd rather be outside with them than playing with toys. Yeah, and then otherwise, there's things from like I have a nine year old and all the way through. Yeah, I I don't like I feel like this whole 365 days of nothing new is kind of like worn off on Archie because he's my eldest and mm-hmm. we'll go. I'll go to Once Upon a Child and I'm looking for pajamas or sleep sack or something. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the toy area and I'm like, hey, you get to choose one thing and this is our budget. Mm-hmm. And like he's, I feel like it's this roundabout way of kind of educating him on like consumerism and and to really think about what he wants to take home. And every time it's a friggin' train, mm-hmm. every single time it's a train, <laughs> but at least it's like a $3 train right. and he really is caring about yeah. what he's getting. And, you know, I run into this problem with my family almost every year at Christmas time too, because I say like, look, let's only buy gifts for our own kids. Like we all have a lot. We don't need so much stuff. And then we fight over that because like to my sisters, it's like a really big moment for them to be able to like gift to their nieces and nephews. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, we don't need all this yeah, that, shit. That, some people though provides them a lot of joy. To it does. Gifting. I know. And I feel like yeah. Yeah. some people get thing. a lot out of that. I know. Out of the gifting, you know, everyone has like an aunt that just loves to give you shit. I know. Right. Uh, and some people provide some joy. I'm all about experiences. I think that, I think that's what my kids want really. Same. Time with me. They want to yeah. go to like when, when Dylan, my, my nine year old um, turned eight, I didn't, we didn't get him a gift. He was like, I want to have a special date with you. I took him to the poop cafe. Like he just wanted to like do something <laughs> and have fun? spent time. Actually, we left. He didn't like it at all. It like creeped him out. It is which weird, is really weird to sit on the toilet. We walked in, we sat down and he was like, I think we should just go for normal ice cream. So we went to Baskin and Robbins around the corner. It was so weird. <laughs> I took a bunch of pictures of him in the poop cafe and he had no interest. But I think that's, I mean, especially for a mom that, that works and like you all this like guilt about like not being around or whatever. Yeah. I really think that like experience time together is like so much more valuable than buying them a thing. Totally yes. agree. When, when I got home from New York the other day, um, I flew in like early Sunday morning and then I get home and Archie is just like, thrilled to see me and it was the first time I think now that he's like four he's getting a sense that like mom's away sometimes and Mm -hmm, he like now is vocalizing I don't want you to go to work today I don't want you to go to a pop-up chapel Uh he calls it papa chapel chapel. (laughs) Um, and it's hard to hear your kids like say that to you and when I got home on Sunday we're like going we're just walking around We, we made like a scarecrow out of like my flannel shirt for the front porch for Halloween and stuff and he just like looked at me at the end of the day and he's like mom I had the greatest day with you and I was like oh my god I'm gonna cry and die uh-huh. like because it was the first time I think like he was just so vocal about the fact that like we purposely spent this day together yeah. I've been away for a few days yeah. and he really missed me and you spent nothing you just hung out yeah, yeah we just hung yeah. out literally yeah. that scarecrow cost us zero dollars <laughs> we stuffed it with receiving blankets to yeah. make it look big you know yeah. and it's just it it felt really good and I don't feel like you need to spend money to have a good yeah. time yeah totally. truly yeah yeah no I think it's a good values shift that it's happening like sort of people I think are are slowly getting there some people still I think on a whole, you know, I mean, you would probably see this with your, with your patients, but are you with your customers, Lindsay? Like people care about those sorts of things, but there seems to be like a slow evolving movement to like, 
quality over quantity and I hope. time. And I think there's a lot of still like keeping up with the Joneses stuff. I mean, yeah. like my kids see that in their in their classes and stuff. Some and I see it in my office a lot. Mm-hmm. Where like they need the next X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a challenge. I don't know. I, I, I guess we put our own values on our own kids, right? And yeah. Um, and yeah, some kids grow up thinking they can get X, Y, and Z, you know, at a drop of a hat and not really value it. I think, I think teaching kids about money is really important and a lot of people don't do that. Like not just saying like, oh, this costs a hundred dollars, but being kind of involved in the process. Like I'm all mm-hmm. about taking your kids grocery shopping and taking them like shoe shopping or whatever it is that you're doing with your family to like show them what like this means X and this means Y, right? Like right. I think we could take at least our bigger two to a grocery store and they could guess how much like that broccoli is going to cost or how much those apples are going to cost. They could, eh? And what do you think? For sure yeah. they could. And they can tell you like, oh, that's a better price. Like, right. If you went to another store, they, they go to, they go to Costco and um, a grocery store every week and they'll tell you like bananas are cheaper at that store than that store. Mm-hmm. And that's like, we didn't teach it. It wasn't an active thing, which is a passive thing, but I think it's super valuable. Like they have an awareness about money now. Just um, bringing them in and in, in the conversation. Them in, in a passive way. Yeah. And also I think it also makes them eat way better when they can pick the food and see the smell agree. it and touch it and all that. I mean, I think it's really great for nutrition, but I think people should spend more time passively teaching their kids about money. We've just been, um, so Andrew and I have recently started budgeting and just kind of making an effort to live within our means more. And um, we've just started bringing Archie in, in in the conversation because we noticed that like, you know, we'll be out and he'll be like, mom, do you have money? Cause I want ice cream. And then I'll be <laughs> like, excuse me. Like, how does my four-year-old, how is he even asking me that, right? Yeah. So we've just started bringing him in on the conversation. And, you know, if we're out, we'll say, but, uh, but our, you know, our budget's this today. So we got to be like specific about what we're choosing just because we want him to understand that it isn't an endless stream. And like, you can't have everything you <laughs> the want. The bank of mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. I grew, I, up, I grew up with like very like frugal parents. Like Same. if we went to a movie, which happened very infrequently because they would just be like, we'd rent it from the library or, mm-hmm. you know, watch it on TV. But if we went, we would take like water bottles or a juice box and put it in our pocket. My dad would pop popcorn at home. We'd Genius. put it in a jacket. I love your dad. <laughs> Never, ever, ever would we buy food there anywhere. Like if we went to like, whatever, an amusement park or something. We always took our own food. Well, it's also for children. Totally. I mean, yeah. No, but they were, that's just who he is. He's, uh-huh. he's still, that's, if he goes out with my kids, he still will pack a lunch and put it in his pocket you know uh-huh. that's just who he was if we were like wherever it was if we were Costco and I was like I want ice cream be like no no we have ice cream at home and we'd go home and like take a scoop of ice cream from the freezer that's just who he was mm-hmm. and I think that passive kind of exposure mm-hmm. really like it made me much more focused on on the value of things in a way yeah I um I always joke because my parents we came from humble beginnings my parents came from humble beginnings and um I always joke that like we were straight up raised on no name corn, no name fries, no name peas, no name meat pies, Uh no name chicken nuggets, but like whatever, you know, like you, they did what they had to do. And I feel like it gives your kids a stronger sense of that things have value and you got to work for it. Absolutely. I think it's so telling because I also came from a place of frugality and I think it's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean? To learn mm-hmm. how to stretch a dollar. Yeah. And like my, on the face of it, my parents look like they like live in an affluent neighborhood and stuff like that. But like I grew up shopping at No Frills, you know, Same. like that was our reality. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to obviously impart on your children. You want them to get that sort of sense of how to stretch a dollar. It's so funny, Dina, I was thinking about it. We, I take my son to, to a kid crew clinic, which is Dina's practice. And right next door, there's a dollar store called Dollarama. And, uh, 
it's the only time my son has ever like go shopping ever. So now he started to notice when we drive by something and he sees Dollarama, he's like, I'd like to go shopping in that store. Yeah. So to him, the only <laughs> store that exists is Dollarama because the only time so I take cute. him shopping and he's like, here's your five doctor's appointment. Yeah. yeah. And I let him put whatever he wants in the basket. And then I say, you can only buy one thing. And he always picks the exact same thing, which is like 75 cent lollipop, which is the only thing he ever buys from that particular is it the store. One at the very end that comes That's from right. like the tower. That's right. So oh my God. My kid fun. buys. <laughs> I let him buy it and have five licks and then we put it away and he never sees it again. But genius. yeah, that's it. You get five licks and he's like, there's like five like cents long, of the 75 cents. Yeah. Very long. Goes around around the whole, whole, whole yeah. The diameter yeah. of the exactly. lollipops. Exactly. The lollipops. He's so funny. But yeah, that's, uh, that's it. It's really funny how this conversation has gone to this direction because Lindsay, if I bring it back to sort of how you've produced events, you're so conscious, like, any event you've ever done or anything I've ever seen in my preview, and I'm just assuming as a fangirl um, a bit, but like what I see you do, you're so creative with how you execute, reuse, reduce, recycle. Like I saw the stuff from MomFest yeah. used again at your pop-up chapel. Yeah. Like those arches look familiar, you know, but you're so creative in how you use those things. So. I just feel like things deserve multiple lives, you know? Yeah. And like um, last year we did a pop-up chapel that was completely sustainable and we went to Value Village and we literally bought like the three Value Villages downtown. We bought all their cutlery and we made these like huge pieces of like mandalas made of forks and knives and spoons and it was really beautiful. Yeah. But I just sort of feel like that's what inspires me. Like looking at things, looking at everyday things differently and being like what could I do with this creatively that would be fun and weird it's art yeah. right it's, it's like how people make exactly, art pieces about yeah. with random yeah. other objects and I just think that these things deserve us like a second life and yeah. whether that's in a you know in an artistic way or whether somebody uses it as an actual fork yeah. there's so much more that we can do with these things yeah. so how many people are on your team now Lindsay six good for you mama that's great Thanks, babe. and how many weddings are you doing outside of chapel we are usually doing around 60 weddings and events a year outside of chapel. Crazy-ish. I want to hear your thoughts on swag because I told me yeah. my thoughts on swag. Oh. But, yeah, but totally. people like swag and I know, I know in your business there's a lot of it. swag stuff. I have a hard time with it because um, I'm trying to have paperless events now. Like I'm trying not to print at events. I'm trying to like keep the carbon footprint really low. How did that and digital swag bag thing go? With I think it went quite well. I mean, we sent out 1500 digital swag bags and we didn't allow any brands to print anything. And people were like, Oh, that's cool. Like they, yeah. brands loved it because it basically it's email marketing and it allowed us to have a direct data of a clickback and a promo and a whatever. So I right. thought it was quite smart. And anyone who's listening in the event production business, I basically saw the cat and Nat do it on their, and that's where I got it. They were like, oh, we're doing a virtual swag bag. I'm like, what is that? And I was like, oh, they're literally sending an email with promotions. I was like, I'm going to totally appropriate that for MomFest and say, okay, any brand who wants to do anything and you want to traditionally put in a swag bag, let us send a, uh, an email at 11 p.m. with like 20 clickback, you know, affiliate marketing links. And I think it went really well and people are still using it. So through our membership-based community, the Halo, people are like, oh, did anyone use their like Instacart? Does anyone still have that like wax on promo? Yeah. Does anyone? Have, like, so they're, they're swapping it back and forth between ticket holders, which is great. Um, I think, I think that's great. Um, and it allows people to like forward on what they're not going to use, you know, like. So a few brands didn't want that. Oh. A few brands actually were like, how are you going to stop people from forwarding on this promo code? I was like, I can't stop it. If you want to try to limit it after a certain amount of spend, that's your prerogative. If you want to have an expiry date, but I can't guarantee that this Instacart promo isn't going to go 
But also it's brand circulated. awareness too. Like it's, I thought that would be a good thing yes. that if all of a sudden that we had a, yeah. like a huge upswing. So that's anyway, so that's you. one piece. Yeah, swag I find very jarring and I don't love people doing things for the stuff, but the stuff seems to be a motivator. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I think it is a motivator. People like the stuff. They like the physical. Yeah. Especially because I don't I'm, use a it ticket at, I'm a ticket. Do you do swag at weddings? I don't no, even know. No, we don't. And like, you know, um, we never do swag because like about Monero is that what it's called? About we Monero? do like favors and stuff, right. but honestly with our wedding clients, like transportation and favors are like the first things I tell people to cut from their budget because it's just not, what does transportation mean? You mean like, like limos hang- and stuff? Oh yeah. Like honestly people literally are couples Uber X to their weddings. Yeah. But I, we didn't have a limo. My dad drove us. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. Like I just don't think it's a hundred percent necessary and it's yeah. a great way to save money, but same with favors and we don't really do swag at events, but speaking of swag, like we were just talking about going to create and cultivate in New York. Oh, tell and me about it. There was so much swag. Like it was like game. So how did it work? How did it work? Exactly? It was just like at the end when you left, you got this massive swag bag and then there was this other stuff that you also got that didn't even fit in the swag bag. Uh-huh. And I'm like carting around New York with like my arms filled with stuff. And then I get home and honestly, when you really break down that swag bag, it's like 70% packaging. Right. And then you break out what you actually got. And some of the products I use, like honestly, with a lot of the swag, like I'll keep it. And those end up being my travel items because they're small. Right. So when I'm traveling, I take that day cream and that night cream. And that's just what I use because it's easy. But so I don't throw it out or I pass it on to somebody else. Yeah. But 70% of that swag bag is hands down cardboard and plastic that goes right into the garbage. Right. That's what I don't like about it. So it's interesting because I find what's becoming an industry norm for event production when you're somebody doing ticketed events the way that we do is that the the towing the party line is the swag bag should be the same value as the ticket. That's what people say is that if you pay for a $50 ticket, let's say they should be getting $50 worth of swag. Right. So I've always what used about that the experience. As, what about paying for the experience? I know, of Dean, the you're thing. absolutely right. Like if you came to mom fest and you drank your face off all day and you got one joint and you got a massage and a manicure, like fucking you got your fucking you got $55 way more not even bucks. like the food yeah. and drink. Even yeah. if you like the met some of the people, met, cool person. Like you heard her talk. ticket like, is $70. You know, people, yeah, and that's you need crazy. stuff like you've never seen Lindsay can't speak, you know, like in that way, the way that you spoke like that, your Jerry Maguire moment there on stage. Thank like <laughs> it was amazing, right? Show me the money. Yeah. You were great. At, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I'll, experiences are supposed to be priceless. And what's happened in the event industry and in my side of the business, which is like event production that is experiential is like the swag is a weird thing. So I tried to really get away from it this year, but it's like almost a necessary evil. And to some degree, like if people need it and expect it, it's hard to get rid of it. And some brands like that is their brokerage It's like, they need people to get the product into the hands of the people. hundred percent. And, and yeah. some brands it's like, I'll, I'll charge them a lot of money. Now, if you want to give me swag and I had to find somebody to stuff 1500 swag bags. So what we did actually is we stuffed 500 and then we did a, like a, um, at all you can eat sort of buffet style where people could just take whatever they wanted as they left. And we had a partnership with a really cool local Canadian company who specializes in samples and they were supposed to come on site and for the first time do fulfillment on site where they have brand partnerships that they usually pay shipping for to actually get the samples into hands of people. And I said to them, why don't you guys come on inside and do like an, op- like a, like, like a bar, a, like a bar, which I call like a Oscars inspired 
like right. swag table because at the Oscars that's what happens is somebody goes in the Oscar area and like you know there's Bose headsets and there's fucking you know um, Sam Palgrino and whatever it is and I was like why don't we set this up and these the woman who owned the sampling company was like that is brilliant like I'll come and execute. So that's what we were hoping on is that somebody could actually go online ahead of time and like a Shopify account, here's the 15 items that are going to be available. Pick your top five you want for your swag. Yeah. I wanted to automate all of that ahead of time. And part of that, Lindsay, is that I'm such a student of events that when I go to an event, I see where there's room and a margin of error. And I'm like, how can I, when I do event executions, improve upon this or learn from this and make it better. So sometimes it's bit me in the ass and sometimes it's been really useful. So I hate going to events and getting swag A that I don't want, exactly what you said, Dina, like Mm -hmm. that uh, fab fit fun box or B, getting a bag full of paper. So I was able to circumvent having a bag full of paper um, and we tried to make sure that if anything was in our swag bag, it had a lot of value or that it was something that was easy and consumable or whatever. So we had really awesome cookbooks which was great. I got one. The cookbooks are buy me one. Buy me more. Yeah. Yeah, Those girls were awesome. They gave us 1200 cookbooks. We had the Aurora water, which was like electrolyte water. We had the, um, Colonel's popcorn, popcorn. We had, and then VIP swag bags had things like the gun teddy bears. We had Jill yoga headbands. We had lube from, um, we vibe. We We had the Laneige lip balms for everybody that retail for 29 99. I'm using that every night. It's so good. So good. It's also great just to like use as your lip balm. Those retail for $29 at Sephora. So we knew that there was value there, but I had, three girls for 12 hours stuffing those 500 bags. And then for the early ticket holders, there was 350 early ticket holders and our friends at Poppy Collection had some stuff they needed to get rid of basically based on some new business models. So we had 150 Overs, which is a company that makes these schmatas that are $60 a piece that go over What is the, a schmata? A schmata is like a piece of cloth. It's like okay. this. It's okay. like a schmata literally means... I think cloth, cloth, like yeah. clothing. Okay. Um, back in the so day, so much could be like um, a cloth, a, like a, a receiving blanket, a thing that you'd wipe your kid's face with, okay. a bib, all of that. A piece of clothing, to, like any material. To an old Jew, yeah, <laughs> would call that a shmata. shmata. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So an Are old you Jew. an old Jew? I am an old Jew. <laughs> Literally, I am. I am as Jewish as they come. Um, but yeah, so that's what it's like. It's a cloth, like a piece of fabric that's like a coveted item. I have item. the over thing. I yeah, you have an over. Yeah, so shmata. like a shmata is like a piece of fabric, basically. And that was retail for $60 and she gave me 150 of them. Wow, that's amazing. Right? And then she also had these t-shirts that were very high-end Canadian made in the company closed its stores. So she had over inventory of 150 or 250 t-shirts. So for the first 350 tickets purchased, they got this like very premium swag. And we sold 350 tickets in 45 minutes because of that swag. I know for a fact. Hmm. Like we hadn't told any other information about MomFest. Like no Gadnad, no Eat and Eats, no All You Could Drink. Just that it was going to be this fantastic event. And if you were one of these first 130, 350 ticket purchasers, you got those items. So I find swag to be jarring. It's like a necessary evil is my business. I don't love procuring it and I don't love giving it out. Yeah. But I don't know how to go through an event cycle now without having it. Um and like, if you came to MomFest in the evening, like people were happy to walk out with a joint, you know? So it made me think a bit about how to, anyways, I, I'm, I'm riffing on this. If you guys have any ideas or if any listeners well, have any ideas on this, but I find it very jarring, Lindsay. I don't know. I just, okay. Well, I have two things to say about that. Yeah. First, I don't work in ticketed events because they give me anxiety and I feel like promoting an <laughs> event and life. trying to get people to show up to an event yeah. is really fucking scary. So kudos to you on that. First of all. Um, and now I'm forgetting the second thing I wanted to say to you. Swag. 
Oh my God, I'm the worst. How to deal with. Edit this out. I'm totally going to give you swag at some point, by the way, for my new companies. Oh, I'll be happy. I totally have shit to I am totally ready to distribute your stuff, which Um, is different too. Sorry, it came back to me. Yes, go ahead, Lindsay. The other thing that frustrates me is that, okay, so with Pop-Up Chapel, we're also working with sponsorships, but we're integrating them in a different way, right? right? And what I really find frustrating from sponsors is when they say, oh, we're not going to pay for the sponsorship, but we'll give you in-kind product. And then you're like, that in-kind product actually creates more work yes. and costs, costs me more money, more money yeah. because I now have to hire people to stuff swag bags mm-hmm. or hire bartenders to mix your drinks or pay for the garnish for the cocktail to mix your drink. Right. Like it's, I think it's this idea that stuff is currency, right? but it's not. Yeah. And it actually costs money. We have that so. at Kinkru too. People, big companies reach out to us all the time to say, okay, we're going to give you whatever, 10,000 diapers. Sure. Like there's a million things that happen like that. A bunch of diaper cream, a bunch of whatever moisturizer. I don't want your stuff. I don't want your formula. I don't want your, I don't want to be giving it out. I don't want to have to spend time giving it out. And how do I know that that's the best, storing it, but how do I know it's the best one? Like if I'm giving it out, I'm telling people that I'm endorsing your product. So if I'm really not endorsing your product, I don't want to be giving it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like why is your formula the one that I should be giving out when there's other formulas that are equally good or better? I, just, I don't want to spend the time doing that, so I say no. And you're right, the storage is a pain in the ass. Yeah, a huge yes. pain. And yeah. here's the thing, is that, but if there's a product or a brand I'm excited about, I'll yeah, be I'm like, excited, yeah, like, yeah. If, if I truly believe in something, like yeah. those Bite Me More cookbooks, I was so excited about, and Mikey, my partner, was like, I can't believe we're giving out these, they caught, they were like, literally a skid showed up, like these giant skids of cookbooks, and they're heavy, but I know the Bite Me More girls will have great cookbooks, and I know millennial moms, probably don't have that many cookbooks to be honest because they go online they Instagram one of which is the bite me cookbook right, exactly yeah. they go online or they order yeah, they, yeah. yeah if they can't like figure out how to cook something in 15 seconds on Instagram they're probably yes. not looking it up on on I come from a household where my husband's a professional chef so we have tons and tons of cookbooks but when I was like sort of living on my own I didn't have that many cookbooks yeah no I had like maybe a handful of juicing cookbooks and like you know how to like <laughs> the magic bullet right <laughs> the magic bullet and like my grandparents cookbook that was it so I thought that was a value proposition. And the Laneige I know is a really expensive product and a beautiful product. So when Laneige was like, hey, we can give you 1,300 units of Laneige lip balm, I was like, bring it. Like, that's a great product, you know? So I don't know. I find event production. I love it. I love every piece of it. And maybe Lindsay, you can relate to this, but I love event production because there's a beginning, middle and end. Yeah. And you sort of like can clean up from it and then move on to the next thing. But as I said, like I want to hear all about create and cultivate because I'm such a student of event production. I love to learn how other people execute. I love going to trade show floors. I love going to experiential marketing. And for me, it is about the networking to some degree, not always about the content coming towards me, but I love when content's done creatively or I love when somebody experiences something that's really interesting and new and not like a, I don't like when, uh, this is me getting like into my loves and hates of event production, but I don't like when a company hires a third party marketing company to then sell their product. Like somebody from your brand should be there speaking like it's their own, like they are the owner of the company. Yeah. So like when somebody hires another company, I'm like, oh, do you work for the company or do you work for a third party company? They're like, I worked for A and A and B agency. It's like, oh, so they trained you for 20 hours on this product. Like, right. I'm not super impressed with this activation, to be honest. And it's because you don't really know what you're talking about, and this you're isn't not really super your brand. Passionate about exactly. What you're doing, yeah. So I know experiential marketing is like where people are going, and I'm a big proponent of it. But like, you know, um, you got to sort of the mediums and the message. And if somebody like. 21 year old kid is trying to talk to you about a product that you don't really know about and doesn't really inf- affect like their life or 
enrich them or bring them joy, then it's, I'm not, I'm not buying it. So I'm very conscious about those sorts of things, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, when we had Jiffy, for instance, at MomFest, like the people from Jiffy were there, you know what I mean? When we had Instacart, like the seat, like the country manager of Instacart was on site, you know, yeah. when we had Gund there, like the people who managed Gund Spin Master were there. It wasn't like people were hiring third party marketing companies to come to talk to moms about credit cards. Like it wasn't like that, you know? Yeah. So I, I try to keep the integrity it means a lot to me. And like really ground, like, like the roots are like, is there, you know, like talking about like a branch, like you're saying, like, right. you know, it's the companies, the founders, the, the founders are there. The and like almost out of 40 vendors, floor. out of 40 vendors, I think 35 were like female founded mom focused, owned and operated. They were there, you know? Yeah. And I think the thing is like when you go and speak to that person and they really believe in the value that they're bringing to your life through their product or their service, you're that much more inspired or interested in actually trying it out or giving it a chance because you're not just inspired by the product, but you're like literally inspired by the person. You're like, Oh, this person really cares and really right. believes in what they're doing. And that's half the battle. And the truth is Lindsay, I don't love vendor trade shows. Like I don't love the trade show floor. And I was just at a trade show professional event as a guest speaker where I literally said to a room of trade show professionals, I'm like, the trade show is a dead, it's like a dinosaur. This is archaic, you know, in terms of, and the guy who brought me on, like his face like turned white and his jaw, I'm like, I can't believe you just said that to a room full of a hundred. I was like, well, they need to hear it because unless they figure out how to bring up their event game a bit, the trade yeah. show floor is like a necessary evil. But if I had my way for like mom fest, there wouldn't necessarily be a, shopping experience at all. So why do you keep it then? Like what, well, what's no, the value the, in the that? The mom fest spring is going to look very different. Oh, okay. There's probably going to be not one vendor. There's nothing to buy. Interesting. Yeah, I'm trying a totally different model. There's and it's not just one all thing experiential. It's all experiential and it's heavy education. I think you should go to a great. And you'll have my drink there. Pardon? And you'll have my drink there. Well, that's it. I mean, if people yeah. want to give away stuff, there's nothing to buy. Like when you buy your ticket, there's nothing else you can buy. Once you buy your ticket to spring mom fest, yeah. it would look very different to the, to the to the fall event and the fall event this year we're moving to thirty seven thousand square feet from ten thousand square feet so we've gone up three times that's amazing crazy. where so, can you can yeah, you divulge it's, yeah it's actually I'm signing contract this week it's uh the Enter Care Center has something called Heritage Court cool which is the most beautiful of all the rooms and it's the most like beautiful arches and very high ceilings and I figure going to sort of exhibition places like the Mecca and Medina of like sort of that experience and it's going to be really 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 That's really really deal. beautiful it's going to be more of a food and i think it's going to be more of like a food and beverage show this time um with vendors because i want not vendors small business owners because i do think that we have created an interesting platform for people to community community and for them to like retail their products yeah. but to me i wish i didn't have to do that so may this coming may for may 2020 we're experimenting with a totally different mom fest that will have no vendors so we'll actually look completely different than what we've done in the past. Wow. I'm not being coy. I'm just, that's just it. That's all I can say right now. Oh, that's so great. You're going to have to come and find out. Um, Lindsay, that's a tease. That's a tease. <laughs> that's mm. a teaser. What are you excited about in general? Um, business professional parenting. Yeah, so actually <coughs> I feel like I can tell you this because, uh, um, TV show. No Netflix. I wish um, we are we are actually shopping filming a Netflix? sizzle and we're shopping pop-up chapel as a concept for a new show because crazy beautiful weddings is done yeah. um, so that's like super exciting but I have um, closed my band I've mm. ended the business and I think like that was like a really emotional decision for me but electric um, blonde. yeah electric blonde yeah, yeah. and um, I literally just 
um, made the decision uh, in the past couple of weeks. I told my band coordinator this morning and I am telling my band on Tuesday, but I know that this podcast will not come out before then. Yeah. So it's a safe place. <laughs> um, but it's coming out next Wednesday, by the way. <laughs> well, I better fucking tell them on Tuesday, <laughs> right? Don't get a voicemail. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, uh, it was a really emotional decision for me, but like I had so many balls in the air and um, you know, this past few months, like from a business standpoint has been the, probably the most stressful of my life. And I just really had to take a long, hard look at like everything that I was investing my time in and what my future goals were and decide. And I, um, yeah, I've been doing that business since 2009 and I'm just, 10 years is a good run. I'm ready to let it's it go. It's a full decade. Yeah. And how old's, how old's Lewis again? 11 months. Yeah. So like you're also raising a business and a baby, which is part of our theme over here. A few businesses, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Pardon? A few businesses. Oh, a yeah. Lot of stuff. yeah. I just think like, you know, at the end of the day, I really believe in Pop-Up Chapel. I, lo- I love working with my team at Love by Lindsay. And I just want to be able to put my energy strongly into the place where I think is going to serve my long-term goals the most. And despite like Electric Blonde being the place where I've had a wonderful social life with these men that I get on stage with every weekend and have a great time with, like I'm just at the place in my life where I do not love it anymore and it's sucking my energy out of me and I'm just like ready to let it go. So even though that doesn't sound like what are you excited for in the future? Right. I'm like excited to, to just space. like get my life back yeah. like in a way, you know, and yeah. to to really put all of my energy into well, like you've been singing wedding band since you were 15. Yeah, dude. That's not exactly a short no. a short run, so. No, I'm ready. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. And uh, what else am I excited about? I'm excited about Chapel. We're going to uh-huh. bring it across North America. I'm so excited for you. Vancouver, New York. Let me know about Canada because we're we're probably going to be doubling down in Vancouver, Montreal, Halifax, and like the prairies too. Interesting. So th- Montreal, yeah. like um, when I started to do research on to where in Canada I wanted to bring Chapel, Montreal just did not seem like the right choice for us. Uh-huh. Like um, especially when I did a bunch of like local market research and talked to a lot of planners there and talked about like how millennials approach weddings there like it just didn't seem the right spot Uh but um i don't know could be wrong i could be wrong well i'm curious to see what happens Lindsay. me too too. that's awesome um i was gonna ask you about something yeah and i lost it again because i have mom brain that's okay (laughs) tina how you feeling i'm good you sure how's your life yeah i can't feel it tina hurt herself guys Badly. Yeah, it's really stupid when you have pain and tendonitis and then you decide to run marathons anyway. Oh God. Anyway, and then you can't feel your thigh. But hopefully when you guys all hear this, I can feel my thigh and walk again. <laughs> Hopeful. Yes. Poor woman. Yeah. Well, this is, I think, our officially our last episode of season two. True. Right? Well, congratulations yeah. to you guys. That's Thanks. a really big deal. This is episode 26. Thank you. Yeah. I don't keep track of these things. I do. <laughs> this is totally Elena's thing. I do. I keep yeah. track of these things because I... I'm like, what's up next? She's like, oh, no, this is it. Well, okay. no, we have one yeah. more person that wants to record with us next week, mm-hmm. which I'm excited about. And, uh, but officially this is like episodes. We do 13 episodes per season. Says Atlanta and just why now. is it I've that 13 is like the number of episodes? Is that a thing or just happened to be yeah, last Dean, year? That's why I said. But is that actually a thing? That yeah, is a 13 thing. episodes is but what a like season is. Classically or for yeah, us? Yeah, because it's, like like it's, qu- it's basically a quarter, right? It's a season. Oh, a full okay. season is I like don't know. I thought it, I didn't know four it was standard. months is 12 weeks. So, oh. yeah. Okay. It is like TV <laughs> show no, I, 13. I feel yes. like I learned so much yeah. today. I thought, that, I thought that was just our randomness. I didn't know it was a real thing. I was being strategic So if I look at any podcast, they usually have 13 in a season? 
no, if you look at most podcasts and like these people who have 255 episodes, yes. like they don't care. Like yeah, they don't they follow keep going. any, yeah. anything. They just like podcasts in their basements, you know, like we are right like, now. <laughs> We're totally in my basement. But this what is, do yes. you mean? <laughs> yeah, I feel like there are people that podcast in their closets like four times a day. Yeah, exactly. You know? They do yeah. 15 if minute If that podcasts. was our job. Yeah. yeah. There are lots of like very, very famous people that do a few podcasts a day. I know. I can't, it's I'd be, it'd be a really interesting life. I think it'd be really fun, but also really draining. Like just, yeah. I was going to say, talking all day to people is really draining. That's like actually what I do for a living. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But also here. really fun, especially if you like get high and just talk for like four hours with four different people. That'd be that cool. That should be our next theme for next season. Maybe mm-hmm. we just get high. Yeah, you should just get high every single podcast and just see what people say when they're stoned. <laughs> My mom texted me after the last one and she wrote dot, 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 the weed episode, dot, 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 very eye-opening, dot, dot, dot. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And she didn't respond. I was like, I don't know what that meant. We did a weed episode yeah. with Dr. Sean. Uh, what's his last name? He's working for you I really like him. He just he did a dad's T.O. He's worked with us for a long time. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. He just did a, he did a dad's T.O. takeover. That was mm-hmm. pretty funny. But yeah, lots of cannabis education there. I mean, it's not like getting high the way that it was before. Do you smoke, Lindsay? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, it's not getting high. It's like, it's a different thing. I've smoked more weed in the last three months than I've ever smoked in my entire life. I got to be honest. Like, ever since since cannabis has been legalized, and obviously this would happen, the amount of people that have, like, come out as, like, pot smokers or the amount of conversations that I even have around my family dinner table about weed is, like, exponential. That's what I was going to ask you. Are you seeing, like, like, the bud tender... It's becoming yet? a thing for sure. I was at I was at the um, caterer showcase this past weekend. Oh you oh yeah, remember it my was, team was there. Oh yeah, yeah. Did they tell you about the about the high yeah, bar? Yeah, because we have um, we have a client right now who has come to us and said we want you to do our wedding, but we work in the cannabis industry and we want the entire thing to be cannabis themed. Like we want cannabis plants as our florals and yeah. we want cannabis in the food and we want everybody to be able to go to the bud tender and smoke whatever they want. Right, it's becoming a thing for sure. So we yeah. want to put cannabis in all the food for all the guests. When well, there are catering companies that will do that. Yes. And th- this yeah, but couple, how do you know that all of your guests want that? I don't really know. Like, I mean, the, but the client Kosher? is really passionate about it. So. Yes. Chicken? Cannabis. Weed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't wait to Select see those in invites. Advance. Are people still doing invites, Lindsay? Like um, in the mail invites? I'm going to say it's like a half and half. People still do A lot do of invites. people, like for people, um, what people are doing these days is they'll do digital invites for their younger guests and paper invites for their older guests. Uh-huh. That's what I did for my wedding. And everybody's doing digital RSVP. What's the yeah. threshold? No such thing. What's old and young? What's the threshold for that? Just like their parents and their yeah, friends. Yeah, it's your parents. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. yeah. What, but, other, what other trends are you seeing in like wedding event production these I mean, days? Um, I, I want to ask specifically about the cannabis, the the bud tenders. Yeah, cannabis is a huge thing. How does that work though? You go up to the thing and you're like, I want you this kind of pot you. and then you go outside and smoke it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like they'll like, they'll pre roll joints for you. That you kind amazing. of like describe at, like what you kind of high you want. I'd much prefer that. No, because I got that crazy migraine. Oh right, yeah. we had like a bud tender at night who was just sitting there rolling joints on command. We're just um, finding that a and lot then of step out like if they had a cigarette. Same idea. Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Cool. We're just finding that a lot of people are moving away from like a traditional wedding format and looking for ways to give their guests like new experiences. And so if bud tending is one of those things, then that's that. Is that more expensive than getting alcohol for your guests? I'm guess you buy both, but. Uh, I would think it would add a lot of cost. Here, Dina, scroll right three, and you can press down to see. That's called high bar. So these people that's gave the one a, that was at the showcase, yeah, so right? They, yeah. So they gave um like they gave a really interesting swag, and basically they you can bring like a curated mem- menu of like it's beautiful, uh, yeah. Like it's not st- it's like makeup. It's like indica, not indica, st- stativa heavy. Yeah, it's like makeup, and they gave Envy and Dina like this little capsule that was like a it's like a thing that you like basically can put a joint in, and it's like kid proof and. 
smell proof from whatever but in it they had these like really cool like almost like pre-rolled papers with yeah. filters in it that were really pretty different colors mm-hmm. yeah like this so is I like rainbow but you yeah. think actually i'd be worried that a kid be like oh this looks fun so dina i took it home <laughs> this paper this is just empty paper like a pretty nothing in it. yeah so i went home and took like leftover weed from mom because i have so much leftover weed from mom i didn't oh, get boy. any i know i'll get bring some i'll bring yeah. you some nuggets i was gonna bring tonight actually um anyway so I, I like just grinded some weed and i put it in and i'm not like such a good roller like i'm also new to the smoking like for fun or habitually or whatever get a, ro- a classic joint roller so my sister told me i had to do that so but this thing i like tapped the weed inside and then i twisted it off and it like made like a pretty fat cannon and i took it outside and i lit it and the whole joint like the whole tip of it like was a pyrotechnic show of rainbow colors <laughs> like no. i'm not even high yet but the whole thing was purple and green and blue so they something in the paper makes the flame that can't be good for you though i was just thinking that's <laughs> totally Honestly, not good it was for you so cool yes whatever i had so much fun i was like did it burn babe. did it taste yeah, gross it ta- i don't even know if it tasted you were high gross. like i don't know <laughs> i don't know i didn't have so many tokes but i yeah. definitely was like so excited about it matt's like your stone does it out of your head i'm like no seriously the paper like was different colors. Oh, he thought you hallucinated it. Yeah, Lynn's just <laughs> He's scroll, like, that didn't actually happen. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah. I think that y- when you asked me about the cost of this, it's certainly a, a luxury item, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's certainly a premium cost. Oh, that looks so pretty. It is pretty. And they were really, it was a cool, and I've, I'm seeing this more now with these bud tenders and cannabis friendly yeah. events and yeah. stuff like that. And weddings becoming more, I'll never forget when I was in Israel at a wedding a few years ago that there was like on the evening when like 11 o'clock hit, mm. it was like a candy bar and at the end of the, end of the candy bar was like 500 pre-rolled joints. Yeah, that's mm. more a thing. Yeah. Like that's is more a le- thing that people are there? doing. I don't know what's legal in Israel. I don't think it's, it's not legal in Israel. Yeah. They just had it at this wedding. It was cool. like, it's not even I, I've they always, have like, like forever and ever I've preferred pot or any other drug actually. Um, to, to alcohol so like I, totally I was thinking agree. before like even at at our wedding I don't think I had a single drink actually maybe like at a sip of something it's super hard to get drunk at your own wedding it didn't appeal to me but, but, but I hear people <laughs> getting wasted and like peeing on themselves as you said I can't even imagine I, know. I was so under eaten so underslept <laughs> so exhausted I would and be, you're dehydrated and I would you're be talking to people after a glass but I was so thirsty all night I remember being so thirsty mm. and alcohol just makes that worse so I don't remember drinking anything at my wedding I remember trying to get drunk at my wedding and <laughs> like there's so many people talking to you that yeah. you're like interrupted in yeah. a way you know that you can't even get drunk yeah, yeah. I, I don't know and, and going back to like what sort of trends we're seeing I really think that people are getting away from you know a traditional wedding format I think people yeah like since cannabis has been legal that's been more of a thing yeah. but definitely I think people are still jumping on that bud tender train that's definitely a premium item yeah. people are doing like pre-rolled joints that get handed out at 11 o'clock yeah. um, and then in terms of like decor and stuff I feel like for a long time there everybody was like rustic and greenery and now we're moving into like uber modern hyper stylized florals um a lot of like dried grasses people being very like a lot of clean lines like we're getting away from that rustic stuff which i'm kind of stoked about because i think in the wedding industry these sort of trends are hot for too long longer than they should be hot for you know so um yeah, but I, I again, I think there's no rules, and I think that uh, with my company, I'm pretty lucky because people come to us because they don't really give a shit about trends, mm-hmm. you know. And they're like, "What could we do? That's weird." Well, it's cool that they're just like wonderful. trusting you. They're like, "Here, you plan our wedding, and we will show up for an hour." Right. It's cool. It's yeah. so nice to just be like relaxed about it. I think the pop up travel is the, like the bee's knees. I think it's such a cool disruptor in the wedding space, Lindsay. Well Thanks, done. man. I hope that uh, we keep going in this direction. Yeah, no, we'll it's see. awesome, and I think I'd love to talk to you about 
sponsorships and collaborations because that's like my expertise. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'm like literally a student of life when it comes to sponsorships yeah. because I am just pounding the pavement. And that's how I feel about events, so we could totally rough on that. When your it's son rough. turns one, you can do this. Everyone next month, come you want to do it? For pop, a, up, pop, pop up, pop up, smash, pop up, pop, pop up, up one, smash. pop up one. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Pop up one. That's so funny. That's so Actually, funny. for some reason, when I was pregnant last time, I felt like I met so many people who were pregnant or do like around the same time as me. I should just like connect with those people and be like, do you want to share the expense of the first birthday? We can just take an hour time. So slot. I did that actually for my son's third birthday party this year. It was the first time we did like a birthday party for him. So we got a venue and I split it three ways with three other families. Genius. So like it was actually great because no one cared that much about the party, which was great. And like I, t- I booked the venue, somebody else did the food and somebody else did the loot bags and it was like great. And we just like split it three ways and it was like, wasn't that expensive. It was still like a very bougie birthday party. We had Marshall come um, <laughs> from, from Paw Patrol. Patrol. Yep. Mm. Yep. So, and like we had 90 people between three families and it was crazy, but we have so many mutual friends and instead of taxing people three times, we were just like, and all the kids were born in the same week. So we were going to have competing birthday parties anyway. And they're all so, going to be there anyway. Right. Those kids were still going to be at your kid's birthday party. Exactly. But have, to go, uh, have to go to two other birthday parties. Right. And instead of, we just like split pizza three ways and split, Oh my God, I asked the venue five times if I could bring an alcohol and she actually called me. She's like, maybe you should find a different venue. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, we won't spike the punch. Okay, we'll just bring weed. Yeah, I was yeah. like, we won't bring anything. It was 10 in the morning. Yeah. I'm not sure that would have rocked, but anyways, it was pretty crazy. They were three. <laughs> you guys uh, have to do that every year now. Oh no, I'm never doing a birthday party again. Oh, okay, good for you. No, I'm telling you, go away. I support that. Do decision. something. Do anything. Well, not I did for Lisa's first birthday. But it could we just be away. something, an experience. I'm all about yeah, the experience. I mean, I don't want to set a standard also where my kids sort of expect some sort of crazy thing every year for their birthday. They don't have to, though. Yeah. Like Ryan, so Ryan just turned eight, and we were meant to go to Great Wolf Lodge, which we do like yeah. maybe once a year. Dylan's birthday. Oops, sorry. Yes. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan turned nine. We were going, but yeah. And then Ryan broke his toe. And so we didn't go to Great Wolf Lodge. And they were like, well, that sucks. All right. Well, next trip. That's cool. So, yeah. Did they give you a refund? You could book it another time. So uh-huh. it'll be like in March or April or something. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you're feeling better too. This year oh for God, Archie's walk. birthday, we got like the exotic animals to come to the house. And like we specifically, we just went away to Australia for six months and got back in June. And so we specifically asked for this company to bring like Australian animals to show Archie's Very friends cool. and be like, yeah, cool. But I'm pretty sure those... <laughs> animals gave my son like this chronic staph infection because the day or two (laughs) after the party um Archie started developing these like massive boils all over his body that like were so like painful and like filled with gross stuff and we'd have to like put him in a hot bath and like put hot compresses on them so that they would like lance because he was just in so much pain if they wouldn't lance and they literally one grew to the size of like a toonie Uh, others grew to like dimes uh, about dime size and they were horrible did you tell the company no because how can i ever blame staff on their exotic animals like well, since then 400 other kids have been infected i don't know you should tell them maybe it was that maybe it was maybe the other kids the birthday party did you take them to Nobody. a pediatrician okay yes okay um but like okay but wait i'm i would love to get your perspective on this because like um they still can't tell us what it is and it's come back twice first they said it was mrsa but then it, they've swabbed it and it wasn't mrsa that's all i got i would swab it that's yeah. all I got. They just I mean, I have staff. to see it. I they no swabbed idea. it and they're like, yeah, it's just oh, staff. Oh, it's normal staff? Yeah, so it's probably bad luck. 
it's I'm probably not related mean? to the animals. It's disgusting. The, the two main skin infections that people get are strep and staph. So if I were to swab any part of your body, most likely I would get a small amount of staph or strep infection. Mm-hmm. But when it forms like a boil or a big pussy thing or something with a bunch of pus inside, then um, yeah, it's sometimes like a collection of staph or strep. Dude, and not likely from level. an animal, to be honest, but possible. Those kind of animals more give you salmonella, which is not the same symptoms as what you're describing. Anyway, they had fun. I just like I just <laughs> was it worth it. I just think back and I'm like, did I do this to my <laughs> child with the exotic animal choice? Yeah. So uh, Lindsay, whatever. can you just talk about she tapped on something? She went away for six months to Australia with her mm-hmm. family. Like just like left. Yeah. And you just great. left the business to the six other people? Yeah. So so when I um had Archie, my first son, um, I didn't take a mat leave. Like I was back on stage after two weeks and I like really had a rough time my first time. And um I really committed to myself that if I ever had a second baby, I would never do that again. Um, so when I had, when I got pregnant with Lewis, like I worked with a business consultant to get my business to a place where I could take a real mat leave. Um, and so I put a 13 hour time difference boundary between myself and my business. And I committed to working like six hours a week or less when I was away. And yeah, we did it. My husband took paternity leave. We lived with my mother-in-law and, um, I worked five hours a week on average while I was there just to like clear email and do payroll. And, um, it was incredible. That's awesome. It's given me like some, a lot of perspective on life. That's amazing. Cool. I, we, we also have planned or thought about going away for like a year or something. I've always wanted to live with my kids like elsewhere and like yeah. not the developed world. Um, so one of my plans with Kikri is once it gets to a point where like it's functioning by itself and I don't need to be there every day, then I'll slowly think about taking big chunks of time off and a like sabbatical? moving to Africa or yeah, like, but it wouldn't be a sabbatical. It'd be a sabbatical from Kikri, but I'd be working there. Mm-hmm. So like building up a foundation there, or opening a clinic there or something yeah, girl. that we can go to kind of periodically Southeast Asia or, or Africa or have That's like incredible. soft spots for my heart. My heart, my kids know it. Like they know like one day we're going to move to Africa. Like the big ones will talk about that. So cool. Do you, so from a business perspective, like now at Kid Crew, do you, are you actively working toward being distanced from the business? Not in any sort of way am I doing that. No. Okay. Andrew's no. already shaking his no, head. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I was supposed to be off yesterday at post marathon. And no, absolutely. I went in, I was she supposed was to be off. And I literally couldn't walk. And I knew that they were, it was either they're going to turn away patients because my, all the many doctors couldn't see all the patients or I go in and I have a very difficult time turning people away. I really don't want people to use the emergency room for non-emergency stuff. I yeah. really hate turning my patients away. I re- like I have a like a very difficult time with that. And so, no, I went in on my day off. I went in. It's, it's just who I am. Um, so, no, I'm in no way close to like walking away from it. But I also see a ton of patients. So it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to step away from it yet. This is like a... Um, three, four year plan, I'm hoping. Like before Dylan, who's now in grade four, starts high school. Yeah, I don't know. Seven or something, like three or four years from now. Yeah, I don't know if like, um, if I wasn't, if I wasn't pregnant and, you know, said to myself, I have a limited amount of time to get the business to this point, I don't know if I would have done it, right? Like it's kind of one of those things that drove me to do it. And I think that now that I did it, I really was able to see how capable these women are that work for me and you gave them the breath yeah and, and the then also like it. now i just go well that could be like why why should i even reintegrate myself the way that i was integrated before why shouldn't i just allow these people to still like keep doing their thing and then and i can, can free myself up to like work on really be a CEO, and, visionary a figurehead so that's what i'm trying to get to is get away from the nitty-gritty of the daily operations i don't have a full team yet to do that but i'm trying to figure out how to do that so i can spend more time being 
a visionary, a dreamer and like really say, how can I problem solve and what are the problems I want to look towards, you know? And there are so many tools that you can like leverage, like from a, you know, software standpoint that, that you can do that until you have a team or for me also like the cadence of my work is like around the festivals, like things are insane yeah. and the regular cadence of like, it's kind of wash and repeat a bit. And then I come up with a cool idea, like this event that I'm doing next month in November, I'm excited about like, it's the first time I'm doing this event because I had the bandwidth to like come up with an idea and execute, you know? So when I'm given sort of time to like riff with myself, it's pretty crazy what comes up. So I'm excited to see what happens. But Lindsay, tell us if there's one piece of advice, wisdom, you're like thing you want our listeners to know what is it that you want them to know oh my god it's summation. It's i should nice. just like pull up my talk from mom yeah your, fa- like, your mom has was so did, good. read it really slow <laughs> i don't know i think like um i think what i've learned over the past year and and through having a second baby is that like the the only real currency in our life is time and um everything else is just a byproduct of I don't know, things that we've given value to and we're only here for a short while and just like do something really good with the time that you have. And if you're not happy, well, then you're just literally wasting the currency of your life being not happy. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I come from a very privileged standpoint being in this country and being a white woman. But at the same time, I think like we are all in complete control of um, our choices and how we react to life and how we react to situations. And I really think that if you stopped for a minute and thought about your time and what you want to do with it and really empowered yourself to make those decisions, whether like as a mom or as a business person, then you're only going to get yourself to a place of joy. Amen. Amen. Hey, yo, we have that was, Dr. That was perfect. That was great. That was perfect. We've yeah. never said the exact same thing at the same time before. <laughs> that was a first. Oh, I could cry. That was so nice. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, no, Alana's crying. Oh. Dr. D, what did you learn today? It's going to be so uninspiring. The pot bar thing was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Butt tenders. Butt tenders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I exactly, I feel the way that you just said it, right? Like, sometimes I feel like we, you know, growing up, I feel so lucky and blessed to have grown up in this country. Totally. You know, my, yeah. my parents had, they weren't rich, but I had enough money to go to school and do the things that I wanted to do and be inspired by that stuff. But um, I think we, most people have the opportunity to do something that they love to do. And if you don't, try to in some way or do it as a yeah. hobby or do something. Yeah. And tr- you don't have to make it your life's work, but I don't know. I think everyone has things that they love to do and a lot of people just feel like they don't have the time or the energy or the wherewithal to do it, but do something that gives you joy and then when you're happy, it'll inspire you to do more and it'll inspire your family to do what they want to do and I think that's really good parenting technique, to be honest. Yeah, yes. So I think, yeah, as much as you can, you know, pursue your, people are talking about pursuing your passion, whatever, but like do what gives you joy, yeah. you know, and you know, that's one of the reasons why like I'm trying to build these other things too, right? Because whatever gives me the most joy is what I'll kind of go towards the most. So anyway, do what do what gives you joy. Or spend time doing what gives you joy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll let you. Yeah. What yeah. did you learn today? What did I learn? I don't know. I like I love riffing with Lindsay about event production. Mm-hmm. So I would love to do that more. And I think it's interesting to hear we I think in the mommy ecosystem, we talk a lot about birth stories and postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety and sort of the I guess the um 
the, um, the, the thorn and the rose of parenting. And we didn't really touch on that today, but it was nice a little bit to riff and almost like think nostalgically about weddings a bit. And like, it made me sort of think about every age and stage of a woman's sort of life cycle to some degree. Right. Yeah. And like where we're going. Right. So as millennial moms, and I'll say like the majority of our listeners are like late twenties, mostly in their thirties, maybe early forties. Like that's where our, I think our catchment is in terms of our demographic. And I am almost like excited to see what happens next for this next cohort of people whose fingerprints are raising these kids, building these businesses, living our best fucking life and have strong fight songs. Like we care deeply about stuff and we're revolutionizing, revolutionizing like how we parent and how we approach life. So I'm excited to see what this generation of women sort of does in our forties, our fifties, our sixties, because we have so much more life to live, you know, Mm -hmm. and to see what we're going to create, innovate. I don't know kick ass and take names. I'm just excited. Like, I don't think we've lived our full potential. And like a lot of us are still building basically the foundations of our businesses, no matter how big or small, but like what is the next 10 and 15 years look like, you know? So some, to some degree, it's like nice to have nostalgia of like what was, but I'm excited to see what becomes in our hands, right? Mm -hmm. Like what we've been able to create already. And I think we we are a generation of problem solvers, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and with the most recent election and stuff like that, it makes you think about like, where can we sort of maybe penetrate policy and how can we sort of make the world a better place, but not necessarily like snow plowing or helicoptering our kids, but like really changing stuff. Right. And we're executioners over here. Right. We're not just dreamers. So I can't wait to see what sort of happens next, I guess is what I'm trying to say is like, it was nice to talk about something really like almost light and fun and fluffy, but mm-hmm. also like to see, you know, let's say like we do this again in 10 years, like in the next decade. And I think I'm feeling a lot of nostalgia right now because it's the end of a decade. And I keep thinking how 2020 isn't just 2020. It's the end of the teens, you know, of this era. I thought about that. Yeah. It's an end of a decade. It's like, it's crazy when you put it in that perspective and like what, you know, there's only 71 days left in this quarter but it's really this decade right? i haven't thought about that for one single second yeah, yeah me neither. i haven't thought about it yeah okay it keeps, now it keeps stressing us. stressed yeah. out <laughs> gotta Don't do a lot of stuff for the next 71 days well, time is a currency yeah. Yeah. 71 is days a currency. In this <laughs> but i think you've both lived pretty rock and roll things like i think yeah. if we all kick the can tomorrow and i think about that often i know it sounds ridiculous but if we were to die on a sword tomorrow for some reason if something happened to us god forbid poo poo knock on wood like could we be proud of the life we've lived to this point and super i would proud. say yeah. super proud like not just mildly proud extraordinarily proud and what i like about this podcast a bit is it like it's a living eulogy a bit of people sort of talking about the thing that they're passionate for but also us being able to highlight people's personalities and passion projects and perspectives on life and like the good bad and the ugly right so i guess in summation i'm feeling nostalgic because also dina and i started recording this like November of last year, exactly now. So it's been almost exactly a year that we've done this podcast. So uh, that's amazing. It's crazy. And it's commitment. Little baby in tow. But little, oh my God, that's was six weeks old. You said suckling on the teeth. <laughs> like literally, this is yeah. the first podcast. <laughs> the first three, we were like, should we release these? Because all you could hear, hear is breastfeeding. Sucking and crying. <laughs> I think that that's so real. Yeah. 
that I'm so glad you super did release real. those. Yeah. Because that's so real. real. I was like, are people going to understand anything that we're saying? <laughs> we're like I'm going to be lucky walking to the back and as I'd be freaking out. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. And like, I remember... Things are quiet Dina, now. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea that people were going to listen to the podcast. I don't know why I didn't think anyone's going to listen. I just thought this would be our little like Tuesday project. Like instead of going for dinner, let's just talk in the basement. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I <laughs> do did. Do you find friends. that like getting... Do you find that like the podcast has become this thing that you like have to do and it's it's burdensome? Or no. do you like, you just love it. I think we, I, I think Dina and I said, yeah. as long as we're having fun, we're going to keep doing it. And yeah. like, I get a kick out of it. Also, Dina brings ta- people to the table that I've never met before. And I bring people to the table that yeah. she's never met before. That's cool. And then it's entertaining people, for me. Yeah. You know, like I didn't know you and I'm sure at some point we would have crossed paths, but I didn't know who you were. She's yeah. like, yeah, so she's coming. And so I Googled you. I'm like, oh, that's cool. She sounds cool. Yeah. It, it's the vast majority of the time you, one of us knows the person, the other one doesn't. Right. And so I'm meeting someone for the very first time. And they, you know what you want to like chit chat at the beginning, like, no, 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 let's hold it for the podcast. Cause yeah. I don't really want to know much. I want right. to, you know, there's zero prep yeah. at all. I, I we just sit down and shoot the shit. And, and that's really fun. It, for me, it's like, it's going for dinner and having a glass of wine with new friends, right. which is super entertaining for me. Yeah, that's totally cool. But like, you know, she doesn't leave the house to do anything. So everything <laughs> so comes come in. That's true. This is our I, weekly I dinner leave, party. <laughs> I leave for nothing. And yes. I'm excited to see like other ways that podcasts become like they're becoming like prevalent. Like it's almost like every, it was like Instagram. Like people have a podcast now, you know, well, it's another, it's another, um, medium. Yeah. It's another medium for content and vehicle for, and people love listening to podcasts, especially it's way easier moms. than writing too. Like I've written many, many, many hundreds of blogs and this is way more fun for me and yeah. entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I also think that the true value in a podcast is the way people digest them is when they have no other distractions, it's right? Like when they're driving, walking, running, yeah, when they're out. not like yeah. being distracted by their email or, or by like their phone or by whatever's going on in their life. And yeah. so you really digest the content in a different way. And what I realize is that we actually are so privileged, you know, because given your sort of pedigree and my ridiculousness that we, our <laughs> listenership is like, what is my pedigree? Your pedigree. What is like, your ridiculousness? I'm like, I'm like a little bit of a, like a hot mess. And Dina's a little bit of a gold standard. And together we make this beautiful thing called moms that say fuck. And we didn't say fuck at all. This no, you podcast. did. No, you did. did you I? totally oh. did. And I think I did too. Did we swear at all? I don't really think we I did. Swear. I did. Drop a lot of F-bombs. And you said fuck for sure at least once. Oh, I'm trying not fuck. to curse that much. <laughs> I'm sure I swear. I don't know how not to swear. Yeah. So anyways, no, I just think it's interesting to see where our listeners come and how people like they listen and then they quote back to me. I love on this podcast when this was said. So it's interesting to hear, I hear it every day. I hear it like every day, like you're going to release another one, right? Yeah, we will. I, I really, I need it. I need it. Oh, every good. Day. And then yeah. I always ask people like, do you see a different version of me? Like, is the person I am right now in front of you seeing your kid the same? And they're like, yeah, totally the same. I'm just learning you a lot more. Like I'm learning about your sex life and stuff. Okay. All right. Yeah, like, great. I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's yeah. So funny. That's fine. I guess everyone can learn about my sex life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm interested to see about some other models and I, other, I like listen to other people's podcasts, but truthfully, I listen to our podcast every week just as a refresher. And I'm like, Oh my God, that was so good. Or I'm like, I talk too much or whatever it is. Like I'm like a critic of the podcast, but I, uh, I really have enjoyed it. So it's been really fun. I'm like, so um, curious and interested in doing a podcast and yeah. I just keep stopping myself because I'm like, well, what will I talk about? And, and what will it be about? Yeah, what if it doesn't it. have talk. like a constant format, but now I'm just, no, 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 sit down and talk with people. Yeah. yeah. I think it's more entertaining. Our format is interview format. But right. The truth is like Dina and I could do a call in show. We could do a, we could, do Oh my f- God, you guys should do, do call in episodes. Yeah. We, we were thinking about doing that. Um, That's not how we'd actually physically do it. Just give out a cell phone number. <laughs> so what we do is we give out a Skype number or yeah. a Zoom
Zoom call and people just join the, the Zoom and then they ask questions. But it's there's that new app now that you can have like a number. Yeah. But this for, isn't live. How would we do it? It's not live. You would matter. post on Instagram. We just, or we, no, we oh. could do it or we could set up phone calls being like this week we're talking about yeah, this yeah. topic. If you want to riff with us on it, you could call in and then maybe basically it'd, it would, it would change the format that we wouldn't necessarily have an ex, like a subject matter expert coming in Or you in could do like an week. Instagram live and like yeah. you have a yeah. great following and say like ask us questions and address those questions as they're yeah. asked. Speaking something. of which, if anyone has any ideas or people that they want us to have on yes. or you want to be on, yes. certainly reach well, out to us. We've had some random people like we've actually had on the podcast that neither of us have known like yeah. Emily Edwards, we dove. Mm-hmm. Both didn't know her. So we're keenly interested in talking to people. So as we... S- wrap up this I guess this season we have one more interview sort of booked but we're ready for some new guests and if you want to join in the reindeer games we're we're ready for you I so. like meeting new people so come forward and we like talking I'm gonna rack my brain for who I think you should have moms that say fuck moms that say fuck thank you Lindsay moms that say thank fuck you. I feel like I should have said that too yeah. <laughs> we've never done that before but yeah we can do it again <laughs> thank you Andrew thank you Dina thanks for having me guys thanks for coming Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you really enjoy the content. We are eager to chat with the most interesting people about topics you care about. Please connect with us on social media at Moms That Say, at Moms TO, and at Dr. Dina Kulik, and share your comments, requests, and to continue the conversation. If you want to hear more, click subscribe and rate us too. We're all about the feedback because this podcast is for you. Have a great rest of week. Until next time.